Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. And welcome to another episode of This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge. Tonight, I have three guests with me. First, on my left, Mr. Lou Lita. Good to be back. Thank you. New to This Week in Production, Mr. Bernie Mitchell. Hi, Art. Glad to be here. And on my right, last but not least, Mr. Tom Chartrand. Glad to be back. Thank you. Now, Bernie, this is your first visit with This Week in Production. Yep. Why don't you give the audience a little history on Bernie Mitchell? Okay. Uh, I'm president of Silver Platter Productions. I started it way long ago, about 40 years ago in film. We moved to videotape, we moved to digital, um, and I've been pretty much a freelancer all of my life. And that's kind of what we're gonna talk about tonight is how you deal with the situation of handling multiple clients. And then when you only have one client, how do you survive? That's not what I wanna talk about. <laughs> well, that's what I wanna talk about. So here we go. <laughs> Well, I, I was thinking about this, and we're pretty much in the same category of sole proprietor. You know, we don't have a steady paycheck from a single, you know, right. source. Like, we have to work every day for our, our food, so to speak. We work hard for our money. And I don't think that I really thought much about my future when I was younger, though, and I, I, we were talking about this before we started recording about how, you know, maybe your parents instilled this idea of saving for a rainy day and things like that. Right. But I think we all have experienced some times where you start to wonder, like, is this the end of the road for this, you know, type of work? Like, am I going to be done? Where this, will this, it all come from? Yeah. Well, this, this, I, yeah. you know, for me, I have one big client right now. That's probably 95% of my work. And if that went away, I'd be drinking Patron. <laughs> well, you'd be reinventing. Yeah. Right. Well, well I'd have to there, reinvent. But there is. We should point out you are drinking Patron. I am, but this is a very nice bottle of Patron. <laughs> tonight. Tonight very we're nice. Drinking, we're drinking 10 años, 10 años. This tonight. week in production is brought to you by <laughs> 10 años. 10 años. <laughs> and that's not how many years I've served. <laughs> You know, as you're going through your careers, mm -hmm. and we all have stories and we'll all talk about them, but yep. as you know, you're going through your career and you you get to a crossroad, like maybe a client goes away. Mm -hmm. Maybe you get injured and you can't put a beta cam on your shoulder anymore. I know many guys that sure. fell into that category. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. You know, what do you do if you're mm -hmm. a camera guy and you can't carry the camera? It doesn't really work on the left shoulder. No, it's no. not. And that's you've got to true. reinvent yourself, you know? Well, you know, that that's part of the thing, reinventing. Right. I mean, when I look back at, at my career, it's like you always are continually reinventing yourself. And partially that's because the technology keeps moving. And you start out and you go, I'm a cameraman. Well, then you have to be a cameraman and an editor. And then you have to be a cameraman, a director, an editor, right. a writer. A uh, lighting guy, you a know, producer, a producer, an audio guy. <laughs> but know. you're well served to have all those skills exactly. and to exactly. use them because exactly. then you're pretty much always working. But you're always continually having to fine tune how you fit into an industry that's really unlike most industries because it is changing right underneath you. It's changing in every market you go to. Exactly. It's different. Yeah. 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 
And it's it's changed with technology. We were talking about this on episode 22 when I spoke with Greg Heister mm-hmm. about how, you know, when I first started in television, I was an editor. An editor didn't touch the audio equipment. Yeah, yeah. You know, the cameraman didn't touch the cabling. Right. Uh, a VTR yep. operator didn't touch the Ain't switcher. my job. Right. I mean, it just right. was different right. then. But as technology allowed more things to be done from a single device, you had to adapt and to evolve. Well, and you also had the the next wave, the next generation of people coming in that didn't know the old paradigm. So right. that was just well, there's the a norm. Let's talk about, so Bernie, you know, let's start with you. You, you recently were, were with Panasonic. That's yes. where you and I met. That's right. We met actually, you know, getting started with the Iditarod, which is probably another podcast into itself. We should do that from Alaska. We should actually. That'd be <laughs> quite fun. Well, if if I hit the rewind button, most recently, yeah, I was 13, 15 years as Panasonic's pro video evangelist. And so I would get the new cameras, I'd go out and shoot shoot with them. I'd give them feedback to the factory and most importantly, I would go train their customers and their dealers about the cameras because the technology was moving so quickly. But Panasonic was my one client. Uh, it was a, for a long time, it was an annual contract and they literally said they wanted 100% of my time. But I was not a Panasonic employee. So basically that meant you got no benefits. Uh, but when you have a client that takes 100% of your time, it's real hard to do anything else. Mm. And so having said that, let me back way up to when I started. When I started Silver Platter, we were always very lucky in that we would always find a big client. But the problem was that big client wanted, if not 100% of your time, 97% of your time. And so I remember early on having this nagging thought in my head, how do I continue to market myself when I'm spending all of my time with this client, because sooner or later that client will go away. And when that client goes away, then you hit the slump. And how do you get back up out of the slump? And that was the hardest thing for me to deal with over the years was instead of being you know ups and downs, peaks and valleys, trying to figure out how to level stuff off. And it's really hard to do when you have one client. Mm. It's almost impossible. I'll, yeah, I'll say yeah. that because when you're working, when, when you're the only person who's responsible for generating the revenue right, right. In, a, in a business, small business, it is impossible to market, to network. I mean, you can do a little bit of it, but to do it at a level where you're going to have the next job lined up and ready, it's right. almost impossible. Right. And the, other, and the other thing is that when you are working with that one client, you're doing everything you can over and above what the client wants because you want to keep that one client. Mm, right. I mean, so that's your, that's your bread and butter. So you find yourself doing 120%, you know? And- right. I think, you know, and to, to bring it back to you, Lou, and I worked for both big cable companies back in the day, and we would manage multiple projects as our full-time job. So we worked for one company, and mm-hmm. that was a great, wonderful client. And then we each found ourselves out on our own. You know, I was in a matter of two years divorced and laid off and had to make sure failure wasn't an option. And it was lucky to have those skills and tools to be able to stay busy, work with clients, 
generate your own business and be able to juggle a bunch of balls in the air to keep things going. Well, I, I mean, I was raised that you, you work hard and you work for the man, right? right. And, you know, you, you climb the ladder and you, you just move up to the next job, the next level, the next position, you make a good dollar and they're going to take care They'll of They'll take you. care of you. But, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, the, my last full-time job was 1991. You know, I was working for the man, right? I was under his thumb. Yep. And I, and the economy had taken a toll, had dipped down and they let me go. I was in the union and all of a sudden my whole plan of climbing the ladder in the television industry, had stopped. So now what do I do? I went freelance and slowly but surely I found my groove and I found my independence and I'm thinking, Hey, this is pretty sweet. Right. right. But much like you said, Bernie, it's like I'm working and then I'm not, doing anything to get more work and then those jobs go away and now I'm like, oh, I gotta find more work. And then, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're always, if you're working, you're happy. If suddenly that goes away, you're panicked. So here's a question. What do you do when you have a lull? Maybe it's temporary or you I, don't know, but like I, I, I wrote a book. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I did. That's productive. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was a shopping list. <laughs> a very long list. <laughs> but like Lou, what do you do? If you had a lull, you know, it's been a long time, you know, I guess from the power of saying yes to everybody, to everything, you know, there are consequences for that. It, but I do recall there being times where I was going, 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 and then, wow, it stopped, you know, and in the, at the time when you're in the middle of this chaos and all this work, you're like, God, I could use a break. And then it happens. And now your routine, your pattern is stopped. And so you like, you start making phone calls, you start checking, you know, again, it's, it's been a while, but you know, you would check for job listings and knock on doors, rattle cages and just remind people you're out there. And then sudden, suddenly from persistence and having said yes to so many people, you know, there becomes this, the next wave of work. And then you're like, all right, it's good. Right. But, but when you're so used to that pattern, all it takes is a couple of days of like, wow, I got no work today. And you're like, oh man, I got a panic. What do I do? I do remember though, when I was young and I was in more of that freelance hustle to different places, everyday kind of work that when there was a spell of off time, I would, I would freak out. And then as I got a little older, I started realizing that those were the moments that you have to actually just take and savor mm -hmm. and grab right. you don't yeah. get them yeah. now hopefully right. it's not a year of course or a month it's like and it it's, usually wasn't usually at most maybe it was a week right but but it, it takes a, felt it like takes a while to get used to that pattern yeah. and yeah. go you know what right. it's yeah. like well enjoy this well it's, the, the it's, other tomorrow thing, you'll be the working. other thing that happens when we talk about having one client occupy all of your time if that one client is really good for you which they generally are you're racking up air miles you're racking up hotel miles you're, you're credit card points. You're living the good life. Credit yeah, card debt. Right. Yeah. Well, you're debt you're living the good life. And then when that client goes away, all the, all of that goes away. Mm -hmm. All the perks. Mm -hmm. All the perks. You've, the, the lifestyle you, you had become accustomed to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're going, well, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be on a flight because I fly every week. Mm. Mm, but I'm not flying this week, you know, and, and it's taken away from you. It, yeah. it does. Yeah. It does register something a little funny in your brain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we're all sort of creatures of habit and we find our groove, our routine. And, and even though we have days where like, Oh God, I can't wait till this can slow down and I can yeah. relax. 
it's we're programmed to do this. That's why we've been doing yeah, it for yeah, so many yeah, years. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that goes back to being able to handle multiple tasks in your job, like leaving Comcast. I started taking on work from them. So it was the perfect way to launch from working for the man to being the man and having my own work. And frankly, since 2004, there haven't been many lulls, but it's been a plethora of opportunities and networking opportunities and meeting you and you in the very beginning mm -hmm. and Panasonic with mm -hmm. Bernie. And, you know, I, I think it's so important that people, you know, realize nothing just comes to them on a silver platter, you know? <laughs> wow. It's, that was you, smooth. Yeah. I tried, I tried, <laughs> but, it, but it really, it, 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 it takes work and it takes, and then once, and I tell people this, who are just going out on their own, once you start worrying about, Oh, geez, you know, you know, next month, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on things usually come in. And, and I think if you're in that mindset and you're positive and you work hard and you keep, you know, going with things, it, it continues. Right. Well, and, work and, with and also the cream always rises, right? Yes. I mean, it, it, again, it, this doesn't happen by accident. Mm -hmm. You know, you work hard. Yes. You need a little luck along the way, but right. persistence to, pays off. Well, but you also have to be able to master your craft. Of right. course yes. you have to be no. good at what you yeah. do. You have right. to continue to educate and learn and, 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 and take advantage of the downtime. Maybe go, you know, read up on something, learn something, go to a class or stay up right. on new technology. Right. Sure. The yeah. other, the other thing that happened to me, uh, particularly with, with the Panasonic thing is, is where I was out training people on the cameras and doing stuff like that. That was occupying so much of my time that again, you had to reinvent yourself. All of a sudden I'm not doing production work. I'm not getting my hands dirty anymore. I'm out talking to people about doing it. I'm becoming more of a teacher, you know, and it, that was always annoying to me because I love production and I love to be involved in it. But, you know, it was like so much of the time I didn't have the time to do it. And so now, you know, one of the things you've got your podcast and one of the things that I'm doing is I've got my YouTube channel and I'm actually now trying to do a bunch of production. I got, I got two series going and a third one that I'm starting. Um, and you know, at least now I'm getting my hands back dirty again. But, but, you know, I had a similar situation where I had done production from like 86 to 95 was a little burned out. And then the opportunity to work with Panasonic and promote digital yeah. technology yeah. was a little different. And much like yourself, I became an evangelist and was doing more talking and training and promoting in less production. And then 9-11 happened and that consulting job sort of went away. And luckily I was able to transition back into the production world. Yeah. So it, it was tricky because no matter what I was doing, I always felt like I should be doing something else or, you know, keeping my hand in this and that. And that's, and it, well, there's you, a lot of pressure to well, you, continue you know, all that. It's interesting. You talk about how you feel when you're young about saving for the rainy day. This is a true story, and this shows you how long I've been in this business. The first job I had, I got paid $2.34 an hour in production. Wow. What year was this? And, and <laughs> they took retirement out. <laughs> Thank God. And, and I remember saying to them, don't take retirement yeah. out. I need that money I'm now. a young man. <laughs> you know, if you think about paying the future version of yourself, it, it stings a little less to take that money out. It's like, all right, yes, you're just moving it from today to 10, 15 years. But it's, right. but it's but hard it, to know how much to save. And no, how long no, are you going to live? But here's, yeah. here's, here's the problem that most people, I mean, I don't know what the percentages are, but most people have a regular job. 
They have a single employer. The employer provides benefits. Right. They're not looking they for work. They're so, not looking so for a new when job. People in the TV business, freelance, which is, I would say, most people in the business nowadays, we can't compare ourselves no. to other industries. It's not no. quite the same. Right. Freelancers, And you especially. can't necessarily say, well, I'm going to just put money in my retirement account. You need to put money away whenever you have it, right? Because you might not be able to make it every week, every month, every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. But if you do have it, you need to put it away because you do need to think about, like, we, we didn't talk about this, but like, I always worry about if I get hurt, physically hurt. Now you, Luke, oh, yeah. you're a glide cam operator yeah. on my jobs. Yep. If your if leg <laughs> is is broken in some reason or you get, you know, a tear I, in a Believe muscle, me, I think about it all the time. Right, so in order to, to protect yourself, Hopefully you're putting away money. I'm putting away money. I have disability insurance. I have life insurance. You know, I save. How much are you worth dead? <laughs> we can work this out. I got a whole bunch. I, of we can so work out a deal. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to be a benefactor. I'm not sure how it benefits me, but <laughs> yeah, right. we can talk. Maybe I can prepay you for. <laughs> I got a policy on. We'll talk about it. <laughs> you're right. You know, fortunately, I've tried to stay diversified, you know, between editing and directing and writing and shooting and you know wearing a lot of hats so if if for some reason i can't shoot for a while whether it's my arm or leg i would like to think i can still continue to be productive and make a living right but it's, you know the core of my of my business is is very physical you know and i try to take care of myself but well that, there's no guarantees you know on a, on a personal note so you know my love has always been being a camera operator mm-hmm. and what now Two and a half years ago, I detached a retina oh. in my shooting eye. Oh, right. So all of a sudden, he lost a bet. All of a sudden, you got to learn to shoot <laughs> with your other eye. Mm. And you cameras know, really and weren't meant for that. No, and it's it's awkward. And you know, I've learned to do it, but you know, it's a, it's the same type of thing. It's and tough. Yeah, you mm. got it. You got to, you know, like if you got hurt, yes, you could go back to editing. At least you could set. You know, on that. Right. But, you know, if you're a camera. But, you know, shooting, I've I mean, I've been I've had a camera in my hand since I was like nine years old. Yeah. You know, it's what I prefer to do, what I think I'm best at. Yeah. Yeah. But those concerns are something that are are real and valid. We talked about this a couple of years ago where what's your plan? What what happens? And I was at a point where, like I said, in a matter of a couple of years, it got laid off, divorced with three kids and that's a lot that you have to work for and support. And you don't think about where's my future, you know, and it took a long time and getting those kids through college and all that. I'm just getting around to that now where it finally can really focus on it, but it's a concern and it's something everybody has to think about. And everybody's got those real life concerns that get in the way of planning. You know, I don't know how you look at the retirement word. I mean, Bernie, you're the closest. I mean, you, you're saying, I think, now that you're in retirement. I'm, I'm pretty much in retirement. I mean, but, but I, I didn't choose to be. You didn't in, choose to be in retirement. Right. So Correct. in your head, what was your retirement plan? I always said, kind of jokingly, but definitely seriously, what is this retirement word that you talk about? <laughs> because I loved what I was doing. Right. And I was good at what I was doing. And so I was just going to keep doing it as long as I could do it. The problem was, as we started out saying, that was a one client gig. Right. And the client decided they were done. 
And so then all of a sudden I was done and it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, and how do I reinvent myself? How do I reinvent myself? And, you know, factually, because I'm older than you guys, you know, it's much more difficult to do now. Sure. And, and people look at you differently because you're older. So the opportunities probably are not as, as fluent as they would be otherwise. Uh, fluid as it'd be others. But, you know, so I'm trying to reinvent myself, trying to do some stuff, trying to say, stay active. Um, but it, you know, it, it's harder. So I think, yeah, pretty much retired. So, I mean, do you have a vision in your head, Lou, of retirement? You know, I guess a little bit. I mean, I'm 55 now. I still feel great. I still am active. I'm still busy. I still work nonstop. But you know, it starts to creep up now that I slide towards 60 years old. I mean, personally, I would like to keep doing what I'm doing, maybe slow down a little bit, but I don't have a true vision. You know, I guess trying to find the balance of working, you know, I'd, I'd like to get to a point where I can take a job because I want to, not because I have to, you know, do things that I really enjoy doing and go, nah, that job doesn't really interest me or find a way to maybe manage it and hire somebody else. See, now, see, the interesting thing is people always say, well, you know, what are your hobbies? So when you retire, what are you going to do? And my <laughs> work and right. my, ans my answer to that always was my hobby is my right. work. And they right. say, you know, if, <laughs> you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. Right. You know, and no. So, and I'm the same way. I yeah. mean, my hobby as a child was photography. I had yeah. a dark room. I shot, took pictures. I was my right. yearbook photographer, class photographer. Yeah. You know, it's all I've ever done. So to say, I want to hang this up and not do it anymore. It would be like, why would I want to stop doing what I enjoy doing? I started shooting Super 8. All right. Well, yeah, you got a few years yeah. on it. That was with the Crayola, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think the real question is, can you stop working or do you need to work for financial reasons? Or emotional stability. Well, let, let's keep it financial well, for I, a minute, I mean, Because yeah. I think, I'll tell you a story of my dad who was in the newspaper business for his whole life. Mm -hmm. And he had a plan for retirement. He was gonna sell his businesses and and just retire and write or read or do whatever, travel. Slow down and do what he wanted. And right? he didn't foresee the internet and the whole mm -hmm. newspaper business blew up and his businesses basically became worthless in a matter of years. Right, And his retirement Kind of, kind of like the production business. went with it. He had no, you know, regular contribution. Mm. No one was paying his retirement. He didn't save right. the way that, you know, everyone is told now to do. And so he's in a position now he's in his late 80s, but he needs to work to generate some income. He's not in a position where he can just right. take his Social Security uh, and, and live on mm. that. Right. So he's in a different position. So I So asked, did did he reinvent himself? What's he doing? Yeah, I mean he he's always been a I don't want to say a hustler, but a jack of many trades. Okay. So he's doing things like teaching driver's ed classes and doing presentations mm. on keeping the money rolling. Yeah, yeah. Just, but but it's also probably keeping him alive and active and and it engaged. It probably is. It probably is, but the question is 
if it came time, would you be financially able to retire? I, I you know, it's hard to answer that question. Just it's, answer I, the question. I can't. Lou. How long am I going <laughs> to live? According to the Ouija board, when I was fourteen, it said I'll live till eighty-eight. So Wikipedia if we plan, says forty-nine. Forty-nine. You're was, already dead. Yeah, I died five, <laughs> six years ago. I, you know, I again, y y if you try to live within your means and stay active, I mean, I'm always going to stay active as long as I'm physically able. So I cannot imagine just sitting around doing nothing. Right. You know, I mean, for me, the answer is no. I mean, I don't know what the future no, holds. No to what? No to being able to be, you know, financially, financially set right now. We're, you know, getting to the point where the kids are all gone. Responsibilities are being pulled away from us and given to the kids. And now able to focus on what's the next step. So we're able to take some trips and do things as a couple, this part of life and really focus on putting some money away. That's probably 10 years too late, but I think it, it's a concern, but something we're focused on. And I think it's something people really do need to focus on just given what my life I've been through. And I'm sure a lot of other people the, have similar things. The, yeah. The, the problem is, is that you don't, we can all sit around here and talk about it. And yeah. I actually have gone through it, but you don't actually know if you have enough money right. to you don't know what you don't know financially secure right. until it happens right and then you kind of go really <laughs> well you know kids are a factor yeah. spouses yeah. health economy living situation when when you, when, yeah, you know, a lot of factors when, when all you're looking at is whatever your investments are and social security as income all of a sudden you have a defined income and it's sort of like working for the man again. You get it. That's a, right. You're you under a, his thumb. You, right. You get right. a check every month, but that's what it is, you know, and there right. ain't no chance of a raise, you know? And so you don't really know until it hits you. And then you got to, you know, we had to sit down and figure out budgets and figure out how we, which we had done this? before, but you know, now it's a reality. You know? right. All right. So I'm going to go around the room and ask you all the same question. If you could give, I'll start with you, Tom, if you mm -hmm. could give, Young Tom, advice, what would you tell yourself? Definitely put a chunk aside. A chunky bar? A chunky bar, whatever you can for <laughs> Choose the future. a different career. Put those acorns in the, uh, in the cave. <laughs> Bernie, what about you? What advice would you give to a young Bernie Mitchell maybe 100 years ago? <laughs> I would, uh, that's a tough one because I, I would say that, that generally things have worked out. Um, but I guess if I was going to go back and look, I, I'd say two things. One, don't take yourself so serious when you're that young and, and two, put money away. You know, I, I speak to some, you know, uh, students at a, a friend of mine's a media class and I tell them, try to build something, build a legacy, build a, a product or a service that you can sell you know, or that can live yeah. on past you. But, you know, I found back when I was like, I don't know, 27, 28 years old, I was kind of a lone wolf. I wanted to chart my own path and I didn't really want to manage people and I didn't really want to have a company and the whole infrastructure and manage people. I wanted to do what I love doing, which was shooting and producing and so there's a consequence for that. So can you have it both ways? I mean, if I disappear tomorrow, can you sell Lou Lita? I hmm. mean, is, is, do I have something to sell? 
pennies on the dollar pretty much <laughs> so but i mean if again if you're savvy enough and you can work all that in where you can build something that can mm-hmm. be sold whether it's a product a, a show a service a, right a, an industry you know that then if you can do that you got something well what i would say to myself to, i would say two things one just keep putting away money grow hair no, no not overrated <laughs> keep putting away money but also don't focus so much on the technology, on the equipment. Focus more on creating content because mm-hmm. now, of course, we all know content is the king. Right. If you create the content, you control your destiny. Yeah. And can I just make one last final comment here? Sure. As I observe, well, are you four, wrapping it up? Well, no. I just I feel I'm obligated to point out that I'm looking at four GoPros staring at us right now, and after a recent podcast about how I used a GoPro for a job and was berated for it, as was uh, indicated to me from a loyal listener. Um, I just find it ironic. Do you have anything not, to say about I'm that? I'm not using these GoPros. Well, they're here and they're present. They are present. And I see your logo on a couple of them. So I, I'm just, I'm not sure what I'm saying. Is but this podcast sponsored? I, I, in <laughs> response to that, my only question was why the GoPro was your A camera. It was that just was my only question. It was it just made sense for the job, for the positioning of the job of the camera in in the that in was all, the budget. That was all. I know it seemed to be there seemed I it was noted to me I was berated <laughs> for using a GoPro. <laughs> and and you know, it's okay, when when listeners GoPro is not sponsoring When this you can episode. tell listeners are picking up on this, I, it makes you I'll, wonder. I'll, We're getting way off topic. I know, I know, I know. And this is all going to probably right, get cut off. It but. is. It is. Let's take a pause. <laughs> all right. Everyone take a but deep this, breath. But this is so good. I'm going to propose a toast to all of those who plan to retire someday. May your coins be plentiful when <laughs> that time comes. Acorns be stashed. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. That was a lot of fun. It would be even better if you could add something to the conversation. Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message, 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.